Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Previously on Mentally Yours. You know, our brains are shaped not just by genetics, just as our bodies are shaped by how we live, our minds are too. It's mentally yours from Ellen and focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette. This week I'm going to be chatting to Amy Louise Jones and also her husband, Ben Jones. Amy Louise has experienced depersonalisation disorder. She's written about this for us on the blog section of Metro.co.uk. So she's going to be chatting to us about what this is like having this condition. And also Ben's going to be chatting about what it's like to support somebody who's suffering depersonalisation disorder. Basically, depersonalization disorder is a dissociative disorder. It can be made up of the symptoms of depersonalization and derealization, or it can occur as a specific disorder on its own. And usually most sufferers experience a sense of detachment from both their physical body and their mental body as well. So they'll often feel sort of like emotional numbness, not being able to feel sort of sensations of like love or pain and also sort of physical numbness. A lot of people describe feeling completely detached from their body or physical numbness of their body parts. And a lot of people talk about that they feel like they're living inside a dream or that everything feels like they're part of a movie and not really real life anymore. So things often look quite strange and sinister to someone going through it at the time. So this is something that has affected you personally, isn't it? When did it first affect you and what happened? Um, I had instances of it 
as a child, obviously back then I didn't realise that it was depersonalisation. And I would just remember sort of waking up and feeling very sort of spaced out and disconnected from the world. I remember the trees would sort of look very cartoon-like and 2D and quite sort of frightening looking. And I felt quite a sort of sense of detachment from myself. Uh, But back then it would only last for probably for periods of about a week or so. As an adult experiencing it, um, it's come back in periods of time that have lasted between months to years um, before settling down again. You mentioned kind of experiencing it as a child. How did you interpret that and how did you kind of express that to your parents or adults in general? I think I just sort of, I remember saying to my mum, just sort of like, I'm having that thing where I feel a bit strange again. Um, It was quite hard to describe when I was very young. Mm. But uh, my mother suffered from similar sort of anxiety-based disorders herself. And so I think she had a better understanding of the symptoms that I was describing compared to perhaps someone's parents who've never experienced problems with mental health themselves. Mm. And how young were you, do you know, roughly? Around the age of about nine or ten, when I first started having sort of problems with um, anxiety and feeling dissociated from myself. So how did it change and progress um, when you were an adult? As an adult, I developed which was quite clear quite a severe anxiety disorder I'm also diagnosed with OCD and I've experienced panic attacks quite regularly um so that's something that I've struggled with greatly and um the depersonalization and the derealization as a disorder for me kind of stems from having such severe problems with that the psychiatric help that I've sought have stated that that's the cause of my dissociation due to past trauma and having such severe problems with anxiety. Um, My experience of sort of depersonalization as an adult, currently I've been experiencing quite a severe episode over the last few months, which is ongoing and I'm currently receiving treatment for. Prior to that, I was about three years free of having any symptoms related to dissociation And the first time I had a a very severe episode was around 2015. And that was the first time where it lasted for myself for about a year or so in a sort of dissociated state. Obviously, some sufferers can have it constantly. So they experience no form of remission at all. I think it really depends on the individual experience that they're going through themselves. So you're being treated at the moment. What kind of treatment are you receiving? Um, Currently, I've been referred to be seen at uh, the Maudsley Hospital, and um, which is the only current uh, treatment centre for depersonalisation in the UK. And they've suggested, due to my sort of background with having a quite severe anxiety disorder and OCD, uh, they want me to start having CBT therapy but also continue to be seen at the Maudsley Hospital uh, for therapy relating specifically to depersonalisation. There's an awful lot of processes that are involved in getting seen for therapy. There's funding that you have to apply for that's very hard to get hold of nowadays and there's extremely long waiting lists uh, for up to about a year. So it can be like an extremely stressful 
process, especially if you're going for it currently it can be really difficult was it difficult getting diagnosed with this um in the first place yes like extremely obviously i first sort of um had a severe episode with this about uh three or four years ago now the doctor that first explained it to me was when i was sort of being seen at a separate hospital and he first stated to me that i was having symptoms of depersonalization but local mental health services which I was then referred on to seemed to have never even heard of the word and obviously with my local GP and other things like that again they really struggled with knowing anything about it mm. it was extremely frustrating them not having the correct awareness of it themselves um, and eventually um I was referred to the specialist clinic in London uh, by a mental health nurse that I see regularly, who's really great. When you talked about this sort of severe episode, um, what kind of things are you talking about? Because um, you mentioned sort of some visuals being sort of a bit off. What's it actually like? I know you've written for Metro.uk blogs and mentioned sort of looking down at your own hands, not realising that they're your own hands. How would you describe it? It's extremely terrifying. And it, it is, um, for me, when I'm going through an episode of that, it is a constant experience. So it doesn't sort of wax and wane like with a panic attack where it comes on suddenly and goes away after a bit. It's, it's constant and I can feel completely detached from my body. So as if my arms or legs looking at them, they almost look like a stranger's. Often when I'm looking at things, it almost looks like I'm looking at a painting. Sometimes objects can shrink and change in size, like my own hands can appear to shrink in front of me it almost feels like I'm I'm just floating in the air like I'm completely have no body attached to me and there's a lot of other sort of like both mental and physical sensations that can occur I get extreme light sensitivity sometimes I've been so detached from my own reflection that I haven't recognized myself in the mirror I haven't been able to recognize my voice often sounds will seem really really far away and everything I'm looking at will just seem so far away as if I'm looking for a fog or like a pane of glass and it, it's just not quite there and there's nothing that sort of changes the symptoms or makes it go away there's just no quick fix and it, it really leaves you sort of questioning your own existence like there's been times where I, I've really sort of said to myself like am I really here like am I in a dream have I have I died and it really makes you sort of question your whole sanity like you think there must be something wrong with my brain or perhaps I'm going like really losing the plot here because you just it, it's so such a confusing experience to go through. Could I just bring Ben your husband in just for a second so that does sound quite a scary thing to go through incredibly scary but I wonder um, what it's been like for Ben sort of to see you sort of from the outside um, when you've been unwell like that? It's, it's almost like a sort of false beacon of hope in a way when, um, because of the way that she experiences it, it comes from sort of a reaction almost to having sort of a deepened anxiety or a very intense sort of spout of anxiety from her other sort of mental health issues in that respect. And it's almost like 
it looks from the outside like it's getting better. And sometimes I feel like I would even like say to her, like maybe you're feeling a lot better at this time or you look like you're feeling better. But in reality, it's just the sort of mechanism in her that's sort of closing down the sort of responses emotionally and sort of physically to how she's actually feeling. You realise that the things that kind of make her herself becomes kind of depleted in some way. What do you do to support her during those times? The only thing I know how to do really is to be calm and try and sort of talk through any of these issues, give reassurance. It's, it's quite difficult sometimes in um, to know what to do because it's such a closed off thing. It's hard to know whether to sort of try to encourage her to bring herself back or just let the person go through it into and sort of come back in their own way. Mm. There's also, I don't think I've found a lot of, a lot of help in how you can help someone with this particular thing because there's also not a lot of information on it itself as an issue. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of information on how to help someone that's going through it. Yeah, I'd sort of like to go back to Amy and sort of kind of ask what kind of things would you like people, sort of friends and family to do when you are experiencing something like that? I think just to be patient and understanding and I think it's it's quite hard sometimes some people are very understanding of mental health issues particularly if they've experienced them themselves but if you haven't it, it can be very difficult to understand what's going on and I think just that level of patience and your loved ones sort of bothering to listen to you and just even if they can't understand what you're going through particularly with the sort of high levels of anxiety and fear that dissociation can create I think it's just important to sort of make sure you're somebody to talk to even as as simple as that and I'd say to sort of a family member of of anyone sort of going through that sort of thing to just make sure that you're you're there for them and they have somebody that they can feel safe around even if perhaps you're finding it hard to understand that yourself but with what Ben said it is definitely difficult because there isn't really much information about it at all. I mean, you start to get sort of bits of information about symptoms and such and people experiencing it themselves, but nothing sort of help-wise for how to handle it yourself or particularly if you're in a relationship, how the other person can sort of help you. There's just not really any information out there. So you kind of just have to make it up as you go along, really. Am I right in thinking it's a, it's a fairly rare condition? So I suppose that's partly it. There's a lot more people who have the condition than a lot of people first realise, like um, from what I've seen in, in statistics. But I think because it's such a untalked about sort of um, problem or disorder, there's still a lot of unknown sort of questions about it. And um, from when I've been doing uh, my research, uh, some of the doctors I've spoken with, they've said it is very rare that they will come across sort of depersonalization disorder as a standalone diagnosis in their career. It will usually be due to some other sort of form of mental health issue, whether it's sort of an anxiety disorder or part of psychosis or something else. So from that point of view, I think it is quite rare. But there are obviously a lot of people out there who are probably suffering with these symptoms and not realising they even have it because there just isn't enough awareness out there. What would you say to anyone listening to this that thinks that they may have it? I just really advise them to definitely seek help. Don't be afraid of sort of going to your doctors or 
to a mental health nurse because even if they might not understand it themselves, a lot of them are more than willing to help and refer you to the correct places and they can be really supportive if you're feeling alone with those sorts of things. And I understand firsthand how frightening dissociation can be and I just want people to know that they're not alone in that. And obviously when there's sort of a disorder where not many people know about it or not much awareness about it is online it it can be hard to not feel like you're the only person sort of going through it in the world but there are other people out there going through the same things and there is definitely support and help that you can get so I would advise them to definitely reach out. So I really enjoyed chatting to Amy and Ben this week. I think it was really nice to hear basically how they support each other as a couple We haven't had a huge amount about that on the podcast, but it was really nice basically to sort of see the way that Ben supports Amy in terms of depersonalisation disorder. I think it was actually fairly uplifting, to be honest. I mean, generally, we haven't sort of gone into a huge amount of depth about the kind of support that partners can give each other um, when they have mental health issues. Ben sort of touched on the fact that he's experienced some issues himself so I think it's really nice that they sort of they're there for each other. It might sound sort of kind of obvious that partners are going to support each other, but I'm not sure if this is something sort of you can completely take for granted. Um, I think when you do have quite a serious long term mental health issue, it's something that's quite important to have somebody that's sort of really there for you, um, that learns about your condition. And yeah, it's basically there through good and bad. So for me, it was just... It was just kind of fairly inspiring, really, to sort of see them together, um, kind of happy and in love and, yeah, supporting each other. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours, mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please call the Samaritans on 116123 or head over to thesamaritans.org. We've got a safe space online for chatting about all things mental health. If you head over to the Mentally Yours Facebook group, you can chat to us there. Um, We also have a Twitter account. It's Mentally Yours, which is at MentallyYRS. Thanks very much to our producer Sam Bonham and to Lucy Baker for the jingles. And also thank you very much to Amy and Ben for coming in and chatting. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.